0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Build Your Best Business Podcast. We are here at Episode 2. I'm super stoked to share with you guys a lot of information today about our other business ventures. Anthony, tell me a little bit about your week and how things are going.
1: Yeah, my week is, has been awesome. Uh, you know, this weekend I uh, did an open house with a, a new realtor partner of mine. And, man, it, it was so much fun. It was so good. It was on a Sunday uh, afternoon. It was, it was awesome. How'd it go? Do you uh, traffic or no? It went good. Uh, We didn't have a ton of foot traffic, I'm going to be honest, but I did get to meet some other people, which was pretty cool, like a uh, credit repair specialist and then another realtor popped in to say hi. He was actually doing an open house down the street, and so I think he was trying to scope out the competition. Yeah, it tends to be like that sometimes. Yeah, but it was good. Um, Not too much foot traffic. I think we only had like two or three people come in. But, you know, it was fun getting to, to know the realtor. It's the first time I've worked with him. Nice. So it was it was a ton of fun just getting to, to talk with him. And then it was a little different than our normal open houses that I've done in the past because this one, you know, I showed up at 7 a.m. because we had to clean the house up earlier. Was it not clean or what? No, man, it was actually kind of disgusting. Like, we had to, like, do all the mirrors. We had to mop and sweep. We had to clean the kitchen. Like, I'm actually really surprised that it was like that because most open houses I've helped out with don't.
0: They're spotless.
1: Yeah, they're spotless yeah, already. 100%. So it's kind of interesting.
0: Wow. Hmm. How about your week? My week went pretty good. I just got a clear to close for a new build that I'm doing. It's my first time ever doing a new construction. I have a whole episode to go over the construction because <laughs> so, so it's cool. just been a roller coaster with these new builders. And I, I don't know, man, just the communication I think that I've gotten with them is a lot different than... A house that's already built on the market and just dealing with a listing agent versus a new construction agent and what that looks like but i'm excited to get things done the closing's uh scheduled for next wednesday i'm excited to get these borrowers in the new home and uh excited to pull that's this awesome. one out yeah we ended up doing a 90-day lock on it you just with the current market and how things look it was just too sketchy to not do a 90-day lock or yeah. to do an extended lock yeah uh, it, ended, it ended up actually working on their favor because we were end up able to lock uh, with a way lower rate than if we were to do like a standard 30-day lock today. So I'm actually glad it came up with an upfront points uh, fee to them, but it's gonna end up saving them like over $10,000
1: over the cost of the loan. Oh, that's awesome. So, So really quick, explain what you mean by like a rate lock. Like, What does that even mean for our listeners?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we know that the interest rates fluctuate day to day, even hour to hour interest rates change all the time and so what you're doing typically when you go to get a loan you start off with a floated uh rate and so this is what people would qualify you hey what are the rates look like today and these shift all the time but when you are ready to go ahead and lock uh a typical standard lock is 30 days and this locks your rate from fluctuating anymore for the life of a loan um and so that would be your rate that you would pay through the entire whether you have a 30-year fixed or a 15-year fixed or whatever that looks like. And so a typical 30-day rate lock uh, is generally free and you get credit oftentimes when you go with a shorter rate lock, like a 21-day. So in our case, uh, we ended up having to do a 90-day rate lock because it was a new construction and the home wasn't going to be finished for three to four months. And in a fluctuating yeah. rate market environment, it's smart to lock the rate you know, when you know what you have earlier. Yeah. And it, yeah. even if that does come with a little bit of a fee... Um, it's better than paying for a way higher rate uh, down the line yeah. if you weren't to go yeah. ahead and lock it. Yeah,
1: yeah think, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think rate locks right now are, are probably a smart idea, right? Because with rates going 100%. up, I mean, I would rather have the rate, you know, uh, as much of a betting man as I am, I'd rather have the rate now versus too much from now when the Fed's up the rates. And, 100%. So, so I, and,
0: and you, we that. never know what's, for all those listeners out there, your loan officer doesn't know where the rates are going to go. You know we have our our fingers on the pulse of the market. we have a good idea about cyclically where things should be going but you know it's ultimately up to up to you when you want to go ahead and lock that rate
1: yeah we're not we're not mind readers magic we don't we don't do any crazy stuff i ever. wish i could <laughs> <another> see <case laughs> Yeah, right seriously, seriously we're kind of we're kind of subject to what the feds are doing and, and how rates are just going to happen we don't get any insight or any prior insight or knowledge anything like that
0: oh my gosh it's tough So to all my listeners out there, I want to let you know that first and foremost, Anthony and I are loan officers. This is what we do full time. But along with that, we do have other business ventures. This is the Build Your Best Business podcast, and it's going to cover an umbrella of of everything that we're doing and just best business practices and how to grow your business, no matter what that is, if you're in the real estate industry or not. So today, we're going to go over uh, KCB Screening, which is Anthony's business. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about it. So Anthony, tell us about KCB Screening.
1: Yeah, so KCB screening is actually um, something that I started with a couple partners uh, about two and a half years ago. And it was actually before I became a loan officer. So, you know, it was something that I started doing. I, I actually quit clinicals uh, for it. I was, you know, trying to be a nuclear med tech. And I got into my clinicals. I really just didn't like it. I didn't have a passion for it. I knew deep down I was just chasing a paycheck. So I actually started this uh, company with, uh, you know, a couple other people. And it is a B two B business that provides, you know, pre-tenant, pre-employment, and a uh, nonprofit um, background checks for their, you know, hires and their tenants and their volunteers. And so I work with other companies to make sure that their employees are properly, you know, vetted, so to speak.
0: Okay, so who's your who's your ideal uh, demographic or client that you're going after?
1: Yeah, so like I said, it's not really held into a specific industry. Now I do have niches that I kind of go after, and I would say that's definitely in the tenant screening space. So for other realtors that need to, that maybe do um, property management, they're a good client for me to use with their, you know, when they're renting houses out or they're being acting as a property manager. I'd say that's probably my my bread and butter. That's where
0: the majority of your business comes from.
1: Yeah. We have other things like I do uh, surprisingly background checks for, you know, some churches for their uh, volunteers. I do it for nonprofit organizations, um, even some staffing agencies, but I'd say the bread and butter is probably um, property management.
0: Okay. That's cool. Um, so you said you've been doing it for about two years. Do you see yourself doing it in the future?
1: Yeah. It's something that I think I would like to keep, keep, going with, technically, if you were to classify it, it is software as a service. Okay. So it's a little bit different than what we do as loan officers, because as loan officers, you know, we we get a client, we help them get into a home, and then you might not talk to that client for a little bit because mm-hmm. your deal is closed. With, you know, um, software as a service, I have them sign a, sa- a service agreement, and then they work with me for years to come. I see As they hire people, so it's something I definitely will keep going for sure. So, how do you go about new business acquisition? Man,
0: it—that's
1: kind of tough. It's tough because no
0: one really knows about this, right? No one knows this until they need
1: it, right? Exactly. And this is super challenge. It's probably the biggest challenge that I face because when you're working business to business, your your job is not to reach, so to speak, the masses. Your job is to reach that one person at the company that makes that decision. So that's not even it, It's so it's such. You got to get past
0: the secretary. Right? You exactly. got it. Oh my it.
1: It is so it it can be a grind, but the payoff is pretty good. And once you get that client, they usually stay with you for a while. And a lot of it is you know going over demos with clients you know via like Zoom or or even Skype or you know Google Meets whatever. Um, you know, going over demos, showing them how you can effectively accomplish their goals better than my competitors can. And that's tough to earn
0: their trust. Since it's a oh time, yeah. Right?
1: Especially when you're dealing with, with data like that, it can be very tough. It's very compliant, heavy. It, it, it's a challenging, challenging topic for sure, or um, business for sure.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm really curious about the logistics of this. Um, if you could go into like how that looks.
1: Yeah. So the logistics are They're interesting. I mean, like I said, it's not your normal, isn't that, and I shouldn't say owning like a coffee shop is normal, Mm -hmm. but it's something tangible that people can see. My service, you can't really see it until you need it. So a lot of it is just, um, you know, trying your hardest to gain trust for something that they critically need. And a lot of companies don't even realize they need it until, Mm -hmm. you know, something bad happens at their company. And then their HR rep comes in and says, Oh, we need to implement a whole new protocol for our background checks because you know something bad happened with an employee—a fight broke out, yeah, or a, you know, a, you know, somebody came in to work, um, a meth or something—I don't know. Yeah, but, no, honestly, you know, yeah. it can get kind of crazy sometimes. So,
0: so, man, that has to come with with a ton of challenges. Like, what, what would you say are your biggest hurdles with with creating this business and just just getting the getting the ball rolling on it?
1: Yeah. So. Obviously there there, there's challenges with every business, you know, but one of the biggest challenges that, you know, I've run into is honestly just keeping up with so many different sales cycles because when you're dealing with B2B or business to business, you're dealing with people that can't make a decision until a certain quarter benchmark has been made. So you might talk to somebody in February about your products, your services, how you can streamline everything to be, quicker, more efficient, um, take less liability for the human resource manager. Right. And you might be, you know, talk to them in February, but you might not actually get that client to even give you a shot till say January 1st of the next year. Okay. You know, they, cause when these, these businesses, you know, put their feelers out, you know, they are they're not looking to make oftentimes they're not looking to make a move right now. They're looking to make a move six months from now. So how do you stay within their sites
0: so that you're not forgotten? Mm-hmm. Them?
1: Yeah. So that, that's a great question. So how I initially get them piqued interest is I do run a lot of things like Google ads. Um, I found that, you know, things for like Facebook ads and things like that, social media ads, they don't really work for what I'm trying to do, but Google ads, have been my main way to get people into the door and then even some like LinkedIn ads and things like that. But mainly you get them into the door with Google ads to pique their interest. And then, you know, you get them on an email campaign. And I mean, that's been my biggest success because you, if somebody's not looking to make a move for their entire organization right now, they're not going to do it until they're ready because you know, that HR manager or that director of operations or whoever makes that decision needs to train their whole staff on it. hundred percent. They got to train their whole staff on it. They got to come out with template information. Often it's me doing a demo for multiple people in, a, you know, even if it's a small company. Um, so that's kind of, that, that, that's kind of how I work on, you know, staying in front of them and really that initial call of just being relational, even if for something as abstract as background checks for employees You know, I, when I make that initial call when somebody has shown interest, um, really just, just making a friend first, that's kind of the the easiest way to do it where when six months down the line, they have their list of, you know, five companies that they have communicated with, you know, usually they will say something like, Oh, these guys were really good on price. These guys over here had, you know, a bigger infrastructure. They have offices on the West coast and the East coast, you know, this company over here, but. A lot of the times what they're missing is like, man, I really liked that guy from yeah. that company that when I spoke to him.
0: That translates into all parts of the business. Especially oh, oh, the loan officer too. Yeah. And just finding realtor partners to work with. Oh, you yeah. have to build that rapport first and, and it's gotta be more than just the business. You gotta yeah. connect with them on a human level. And so you were telling me that you started this with a few other people. What does your role look like in KCB screening? And does that differ from what the other partners do?
1: yeah so when i got into this i was i don't want to say it was a low man on the totem pole out of the partners but all my partners were significantly older i mean we had an investor who's in his you know 60s and then we had somebody else who kind of showed had shown me the ropes who was in is in his mid-30s so me when i started you know i was only 20 24 when mm-hmm. i started So I, you know, really took in learning how to, I mean, when I got into it, I knew nothing. I didn't know how to send out an invoice. I didn't know how to send out, I didn't know anything about Google ads. I didn't know anything about marketing. So when I started this, it was really just, it was a huge learning curve that was super challenging. And even making my first sale was like the biggest accomplishment. And it was a small account. It was like the smallest account, but just the fact that that property manager was willing to work with me was incredible I mean so my job now is more of you know my technical title is in operations okay but I kind of oversee how the sales cycles work. Um, you know I over I'm in all the meetings for our Google ads that we run um, you know I oversee the accounting processes I mean I kind of oversee a little bit of everything while somebody else kind of tackles it
0: And so especially with the business that deals with so much sensitive client information, there's there's got to be a ton of like a learning curve with just understanding like the laws and the regulations behind oh, this kind of insane. stuff, you know,
1: it's insane. or like the security that goes into this kind of stuff. It, it, it's insane. If I didn't have somebody to show me the ropes on it, who was already doing something similar, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would recommend it for anybody to start. Or, or I don't even know if I would have gotten into it. I would have found something else probably. I see. Just because it is a huge learning curve and it's not easy. I mean. You, for something like this, you know, you, you really do need, and I hate using this word because I believe anybody can do anything no matter their financial status, but you do have to have some initial capital to get into something like this. Cause it's a huge, there, there's a lot of massive tech involved. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't recommend somebody starting this unless you have an in somehow or you got lucky. And I'm the first person to say I did get kind of lucky with just people I knew. But, um, I would say capital is one thing that you would need if you want to even attempt to at start something like this. Nice.
0: Um, so
1: where do you see for the future of KCB screening? What do you, what where do you see yourself moving forward? Yeah. So KCB screening is fantastic company. Um, you know, I see it just kind of being consistent and continuing to grow it. I know that sounds really vague, but, you know, as every time we, we obtain a new client, we look at the process and see how can we make that better for the next one? Um, and, and that's
0: something that can translate to, to all parts of the oh, 100%, 100%, any business. Oh, a hundred
1: percent. A hundred percent. And then, you know, um, when new screening, and this sounds weird to say, but new screening products come out, mm-hmm. I capitalize on it okay. i get access to it um new databases anything relating to the background screening world i make sure that i have access to that product to offer it to my clients so that's kind of where i see it going um it's just being consistent with it continuing to grow it as much as i can obviously and then really building a good team around the business so one of the, the big hurdles that i've personally ran into with it is collaborating with other companies through open api integrations okay that's a big word but really it's just the idea of having two companies communicate with each other so you might have a human resource software management company that wants to run your background checks for all of their clients so that is where i plan to take it it's just continuing to build out those integrations and just continuing to grow that way. That's where I see it going at least.
0: Well, you know, we definitely appreciate you going into this. I know it's not like the traditional, you know, brick and mortar business
1: no, with this yeah.
0: cool product, but I hope it, you know, gave our listeners a good idea of what that looks like, especially to be on the back end and how, you know, you do have an opportunity to, to grow your business and what those best practices look like on the back end for that.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely a, uh, you know, a, a niche um, business. It's, it's not something that, I mean, most people would even think about during their day-to-day life. I mean, when I get in my car, you know, I think about every morning when I get up, I think if I go to the same place to get coffee and, you know, I realize like, Oh, I gotta get gas. So that, you know, there's a whole gas stations and so it's not something you think about mm-hmm. where somebody can monetize it, but it, you know, actually just ended up very, you know, really, really good for me. So I'm nice. to keep it going.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you everyone else for listening out there. I just want to bring it home really quick. This next episode, we're going to be going over one of my other business ventures, which is renting on the app Turo. We're excited to go ahead and see you guys out there. And thank you so much for listening.
1: Yep. Have a good day, guys.
0: Peace.